Good afternoon. I'm Carmina Constantino. Deadline Philippines begins right now. for joining us and for those of you watching us on YouTube and on Facebook nice to have you with us today well the Philippines the Philippine economy sees a 9.5 percent contraction in 2020 making it the steepest post-war slump in the country's history our correspondent Warren de Guzman now joins us on the line for more details hey Warren Carmina indeed the Philippines had its worst year of economic activity since the end of World War II last year. Fourth quarter growth came in at negative 8.3%, dragging the full year growth to negative 9.5% for 2020. That is the worst since 1947. The fourth quarter performance is the worst amongst the major ASEAN economies which have already reported. Vietnam grew 4.5%, Singapore contracted by just 3.8%. Looking at the supply side, industry and services showed signs of improvement quarter on quarter as shown. Agriculture, however, headed in the wrong direction, contracting 2.5% after growing in the second and third quarter. That can be blamed on the successive severe storms which hit key farming provinces in the last three months of 2020, as well as the African swine fever. Ateneo professor and economist Alvin Ang, however, says the Philippines' best chance at a strong recovery this year is farming. We were really banking on agriculture. Uh, of course, uh, we cannot control the weather, but uh, the man, the man, uh, controllable factors should be like this. Is what I'm saying, where you need really government uh, to to brush mm -hmm. up and provide the support and and the mechanisms to avoid all of this, uh, because. As we are seeing, if we, you know, agri is actually inclusive, you are able to pull out and help people from falling down further to, mm -hmm. to poverty level. So, if you let, let's say, just focus, let's say, on, on manufacturing, which is just as Warren reported, was is very much related to international trade, and with uh, global trade still sluggish. On the demand side, most sectors again showed signs of improvement, as shown in this chart, and the decreasing magnitude of contraction in household consumption, capital formation or investment, exports, and imports. Government spending stayed positive throughout 2020. However, it is clearly on the decline. Acting Socioeconomic Planning Secretary Carl Chua says there is a reason for that. Uh, they actually exceeded the program spending for both the fourth quarter and the full year for infrastructure disbursement. But the reason why it is negative in the data is because we are comparing it to 2019 when uh, the government had the highest infraspending because of a catch-up plan after the delayed approval of the 2019 budget forced government to move most of its spending to the second half of that year. The National Economic and Development Authority provided an estimate of what quarantine restrictions cost the country and the average family in 2020. Household spending declined by 801 billion pesos or 2.2 billion pesos per day. Total income loss was 1.04 trillion pesos or 2.8 billion pesos per day. Annual family incomes declined by roughly 23,000 pesos per worker. Chua is confident the Philippine economy is strong enough to recover from this slump. He adds growth will bounce back once COVID-19 quarantines are eased. However, the easing of those restrictions have been complicated by the emergence of new COVID variants.
Warren de Guzman, ABS-CBN News. Over in the U.S., the Federal Reserve left key interest rates near zero and made no changes to its monthly bond purchases as it tries to help the economy recover from a raging pandemic. The Fed also offered a gloomy outlook, saying progress towards a full rebound has slowed. Fed Chair Jerome Powell says the resurgence of the virus is weighing on economic activity and job creation. He vows to keep monetary policy in an accommodative stance for months, even years, until it is clear the economy is showing sustained improvement. There's nothing more important to the economy now than, than people getting vaccinated. You know, if you, if, you, um, if you think about the places where the economy is weak, I, I mentioned bars and restaurants. That's 400,000 jobs we lost last month, month, and that's all because of the spread of the pandemic. We need to stay focused on it as a country and, and get there. And, I, you know, we clearly can, but we're going to have to stay focused. And that includes, you know, that includes us at the Fed monetary policy. Um, I, I have been vaccinated once, and I expect to get my second vaccine sometime soon. The Philippine Food and Drug Administration grants emergency use authorization for AstraZeneca's COVID-19 vaccines. FDA Director General Eric Domingo says the known and potential benefits of AstraZeneca's vaccine, which has a 70% efficacy rate, outweighs its potential risks. He notes the vaccine's side effects are mild, similar to getting a flu vaccine. No specific safety concerns were identified. And of course, it must be noted that this reflects limited follow-up and possible that more adverse events may emerge. That's why close monitoring and surveillance is needed after immunization. This makes AstraZeneca's vaccine the second after Pfizer's to be approved for emergency use in the Philippines. Vaccine chief Carlito Galvez Jr. had previously said the country is expecting the early arrival of 200,000 to 500,000 doses of AstraZeneca vaccines. The Metro Manila Mayor's Council recommends that the National Task Force Against COVID-19 extend the region's general community quarantine status to February. The mayors of all 16 cities, along with one municipality, want to keep the quarantine classification, citing the possible spread of the more infectious variant from the UK. Alam naman po natin, nakapasok na sa bansa po natin. At kung magluluwag po tayo, napakahirap po mm -hmm. na magkaroon po tayo ng spike. The COVID-19 task force, along with the Metro Manila mayors, will meet with President Rodrigo Duterte today, Thursday, to finalize quarantine levels for next month. Five villages in the town of Bontoc Mountain Province remain under lockdown due to cases of the UK COVID-19 variant. Mayor Franklin Odsey says residents in those areas are not allowed outside their homes except for emergencies. Bontoc has also been closed off to outsiders with municipal checkpoints in place as well as abandoned passenger jeeps and vans. Odsey also says 11 of the 12 UK COVID-19 cases in Bontoc have already recovered with only one still in the hospital. Last Monday, DOH uh, sent additional uh, contract tracers. Up to today, uh, nagko-conduct sila ng uh, mass swabbing. Mm -mm. And the total uh, number of people swabbed from Monday to today 
is 1,157. Tatlong barangay yan. Dalawa pa ang natira. Meanwhile, nearby Baguio City and several towns in the Benguet province are tightening their borders once again to prevent the entry of the UK COVID-19 variant. Travelers entering Benguet and Baguio will be required to present a medical certificate and clearance starting February 1st to February 15th. Authorities are also looking to put the entire Cordillera region under general community quarantine by February. Baguio is currently under the more relaxed modified general community quarantine. The Philippines' COVID-19 contact tracing chief Baguio City Mayor Benjamin Magalong could face sanctions for attending a social event that violated health protocols. That's according to the spokesman of the National Task Make That National COVID-19 Task Force, retired Major General Restituto Padilla. Padilla says the sanctions for Magalong and other party guests will be based on Baguio City's ordinances. Magalong earlier admitted guests forgot to observe physical distancing and wear face masks during the star-studded event at the manor that's at Camp John Hay in Baguio City. But Padilla says the public shouldn't be too quick to judge Magalong. Hindi po natin maaaring husgahan hanggang di po natin nalalaman lahat ng mga circumstances time na yun. At isa pa, knowing the personality po of the mayor of Baguio, alam ko he will be fair. And I think he humbly accepted that he has He was also in violation. So, maaring yung paglabag ay momentary lang. Kaya pwede siyang ma-fine or ma-warning us. The general manager of the MRT3, among the officials and personnel of the mass transport system who have been infected with COVID-19, MRT3 General Manager Rodolfo Garcia is currently under intensive care. MRT3 Director Michael Capati also tested positive but is already recovering. On Wednesday, the MRT3 management said 42 officials and personnel have been infected, including a worker at the depot in Quezon City who died. The surge in cases at the depot, which houses the offices of the rail line and its maintenance provider, has forced the management to limit access there for nearly a week. The transport department assures the public all personnel in direct contact with the passengers have tested negative for COVID-19. We are regular operations MRT3 um, because after we did contact tracing and after we have uh, checked the tests, uh, mukhang talagang sa depot office personnel lang yung mga COVID-19 cases natin. We will continuously monitor and uh, makakasiguro yung mga mananakay natin na pag nakita natin na nagkakaroon tayo ng uh, COVID-19 cases, Um, among our maintenance personnel or among our station's personnel, we will make the necessary adjustments. Last July, the rail line halted operations for six days following a surge in infections among its personnel. The Philippines logged 2,245 new COVID-19 cases on Wednesday. That's the highest daily tally since last November 8. This brings the nationwide total to over 518,000 infections, more than 32,000 of which are considered active cases. Baguio City and Cebu City recorded the highest number of new cases. The health department also logged 95 COVID-related deaths, the fifth straight day that fatalities were more than 50. A total of nearly 10,500 Filipinos have now died. 
while over 475,000 have recovered from the disease. The Philippines files another diplomatic protest against China after Beijing authorized its Coast Guard to fire at foreign vessels in disputed waters in the South China Sea. On Twitter, Foreign Affairs Secretary Tudoro Loxin Jr. says Beijing's move may be considered a verbal threat of war. Loxin also believes not challenging Beijing's new law would imply submission to it. Manila's top diplomat had a different view on the matter earlier this week when he called for self-restraint. He said it was China's business what loss it passes. Aside from the Philippines and China, Brunei, Taiwan, Indonesia, Malaysia and Vietnam all have maritime claims in the South China Sea. In a call with Loxin, U.S. Secretary of State Anthony Blinken said America will stand with Southeast Asian countries against Chinese pressure in the disputed waters. Philippine chief or make that Philippine Army Chief Cyrilito Sobejana is set to take the helm of the country's armed forces. He will replace General Gilbert Gapay, who will retire on February 4. Sobejana says he is grateful for the trust given to him by President Rodrigo Duterte. He assures the commander in chief he is ready to protect the country's sovereignty against internal and foreign threats. Malacanang earlier said Sobihana will push for the military's modernization and reforms to further professionalize it as a protector of the people and the state. Sobihana became army chief last July. He received the Medal of Valor, the country's highest military award, after leading his troops in a gun battle against Abu Sayyaf terrorists in Basilan back in 1995. A mix of emotions, but mostly relief. That's how two of the respondents feel after the latest medical legal report showed no foul play in the death of flight attendant Christine Dacera. But Gigo de Guzman and Clark Rapinan admit they still don't know how to move forward with their lives, even though the truth is already out. Our lives were already endangered uh, when um, bounties were placed on our heads by... Um, uh, Sen Senator Manny Pacquiao and uh, Congressman Eric Yap, it, it, the damage, the trauma, everything. Mm. It, at first, we just wanted to know what happened. Now, now that we do know what happened, I don't know where to go from there. Hindi pa rin namin alam kung paano kami mag-restart sa sobrang stress ang hirap eh ang bigat ng feeling na ganito hindi nga kami nakapag-grieve kay Christine we all know what happened that night kami yung nakakaalam ng totoo and sinasabi namin yung totoo lalo alam na kung, kung may chance lang kami makausap talaga yung mother ni Christine na maniwala po kayo sa amin kasi kami yung nandoon eh but Christine Desada's mother still refuses to accept that her daughter died of natural causes. She believes there is a cover-up. Her lawyer said they will only believe the upcoming autopsy report from the National Bureau of Investigation. This is not an autopsy report. It is only an examination of several parts of the alleged uh, organs of the late Christine, which was uh, delivered to him. Uh, we do not know who delivered it and when it was delivered. And upon his examination of these parts of the alleged organs of Christine, he made conclusions and he gave an opinion. So it is not an autopsy report. 
Merriam-Webster adds new words to its dictionary, and some of them are related to the COVID-19 pandemic. The words pod and bubble were given another definition to fit the current health crisis. Pod now also means a small group of people who regularly interact closely with one another, but fewer members to reduce transmission, while bubble is an area within which Sports teams stay isolated from the general public during a series of scheduled games so as to prevent exposure to disease. Other words added to the dictionary were popular online lingo such as ASMR, cancel culture, and flex. And that'll do it for today. Thank you for joining us. I'm Carmina Constantino. If you want to revisit today's episode, Dateline Philippines podcast is on Spotify and Apple Podcast. Play back this newscast to on ANC's YouTube channel and on ANC 24-7 on Facebook. Keep safe. Keep it here on ANC.